Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Hey, welcome back. Kurt Mortensen here. Maximizers, this is Maximize Your Influence as we learn to maximize your income, your life, your happiness, your emotional intelligence, your negotiation, your leadership skills, wherever it is you influence. Let's talk about it. Are you that annoying, frustrating, irritating, old school, lame salesperson? Because we all sell. We have to sell our thoughts, our ideas, our products, our services. But where do you cross that line? We're going to be talking about that today because you got to get past that self-perception bias where 90% of people say their people skills are above average, and we know that's not true. 85% of high school seniors say their driving skills are above average. Where do you really rank? It's where the greatest athletes in the world need a coach because what you think you're doing right or wrong, what they think they're doing right or wrong, could be two very, very different things. We either rate ourselves way too high or way too low with those skills that we know we're supposed to have. Let's learn those skills that will change every aspect of your life because we all persuade for a living. Most CEOs have a sales and marketing background. You got to pick it up. You got to learn it from somewhere. Again, thanks for being here. And please tell your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google, YouTube, wherever you go under Maximize Your Influence. Of course, a little housekeeping. Make sure you go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com. That's where you get all the sweet deals. Information about Influence University. Free newsletter. Take your free Persuasion IQ assessment. Get the free book, Maximum Influence. That one you do need to pick up a little shipping and handling on. Check that one out. Hope everyone's achieving their goals, their dreams. Let's dive into it. Let's do a persuasion ninja. So this is Hilton going after Airbnb. Now we all know Airbnb, that's where you can rent out a home, an apartment. They have taken it over. The largest hotel company, but they don't own any hotels. Pretty good model, pretty interesting disruption as they called it. So you have this family going to this home, this Airbnb, and they walked in the door, and it's kind of dark. Seems a little sinister. And one of them says, well, it looked different online, and they keep walking in, and there's just this long list of house rules. And they're like, geez, that's a lot of rules. Then they go to this room, and there's this bed of creepy-looking dolls. And it's almost like they're looking at you and this little girl, the family sneeze and the doll turns and says, Gesundheit. <laughs> of course, the whole family screams and runs. Again, the, the house is dark, but then you see them going to this well-lit, tilted hotel, checking in, opening the door. Everything's easy. Everything's nice and bright. So what a good contrast between dark, gloomy, scary, and welcoming. So you got to give them credit for that. And of course, it looks like their vacation is going to be perfect. Now, what Hilton's doing is playing on our fears. You know, we're not quite sure. If you've not tried Airbnb before, does it really look like that? 
If you've tried Airbnb, you probably have had a bad experience or at least a place where that's not what it looked like. We tried it in Europe. We were traveling as a family, and for the most part, it worked really well, but every once in a while, you get a place that doesn't quite look like the pictures, darker, dingier, moldier, dirtier than you expect. So it kind of plays on those bad experiences. Although I'll have to say that there are different niches. You know, staying for an apartment, a house for a week, a month is different than a hotel night to night. So there's some overlap there, but they also could be considered pretty different niches. Let me know what you think about the creepy dolls. And I think you'd probably run to when that doll says Gesundheit. There's our ninja using contrast. The dark, the scary, the eerie versus the well-lit, the nice, the welcome home vibe. Playing on our fears of talking dolls. <laughs> dark places, not getting what we expect. So let me know what you think at Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. And of course, if we use your email or article on the podcast, you get the free gold version of InfluenceUniversity.com. Put it out there. Do it. Take advantage of it. Everything I've done in one place. So let's get to our geeky scholarly article. And I've pulled this from a variety of places. I'll be the geeky scholarly on this one. This comes from the research on the book Persuasion IQ. Or what are those tired phrases, those sales phrases, since we're going to rip on salespeople today? Because, hey, we all need it. There's some great ones out there, and there's some terrible ones down there that pull us all down. We could say that about lawyers. There's some great ones out there. And there's one pulling the occupation down. So what are the tired phrases that people are tired of hearing? It's like, ding, ding. Incoming salesperson that can try to influence instant resistance. Now, we've seen this on the phone. Hey, how's it going? Or how you doing? It's like, hey, you don't know me. Now, if it's a good friend, you can say something like that. But if someone out of the blue, you have no idea who they are. They don't know. You're like, how's it going? How you doing? A, cheesy high lactose, we call it. B, you're like, who is this person? And C, you're like, incoming, here it comes. <laughs> or you might hear things like, oh, I'm just checking in. I want to touch base. Are you the decision maker? But let me get to the big ones. And think about these things. They're just ingrained in our languages, and every language around the world has these. We adjust them a little bit, but we say things where we're like, well, the truth is, were you lying before? A, it's red flag for a salesperson. B, it's like, you weren't telling the truth before? Well, off the record. Well, okay, where's the record, and why are you off the record, and you were on the record before? One we like, but can cross the line. Oh, that looks perfect on you. Or you were testing clothing. Oh, that's a perfect fit. Especially, oh, there's only one left in your size. Well, that's true on the rack, but there's 10 more in the back room. It's just cranking up the scarcity and urgency. And of course, the other ones, honestly, truthfully, trust me on this one. You're like, you weren't honest before? What? Okay, on this one, but not the other ones? <laughs> those are the ones. So there you go. Pulled those for Persuasion IQ. And ones we just see out there again. You could probably use some of these. Now, some of them are way out there you're never going to use, especially the truth is, trust me on this one, honestly speaking, those you probably want to never use in any conversation. So let's dive into the irritating, frustrating, are you the annoying, using the old school techniques, coming across as lame, and the answer is yes, sometimes you are. You're like, well, no, not me, never. We have some bias issues. We've got to open your brain and realize we all have things to work on. We all have different strengths and weaknesses. 
That's what I love about sales. It's one of the hardest, highest paid professions out there. It's one of the easiest, lowest paid professions. I learned that from my early mentor, Brian Tracy. And you think about it, that's true. I mean, you really want to be great, make a lot of money. There's a lot of personal development. There's a lot of learning. There's growing. You're improving every day because this is the gasoline to the economy. Why do most businesses fail? A lack of sales. And the other one we got to take a look at is what I call the persuasion pitfall, where people just don't know. And what the pitfall is, is you go to a furniture store and someone's just old school, irritating, annoying, pushes the wrong way. In a lot of countries, especially North America, oh, I'm just looking, I'll come back later. I need to do a little more research. I need to talk to my partner. Lie, lie, lie. 67% of the time, right? They're just getting rid of you. And the pitfall is, That salesperson doesn't know. The sales manager doesn't know. The store doesn't know. You never recommend the store. You don't go back to the store. That's the pitfall because they don't know. They think, oh, well, they were just looking. No, you blew it. So there you have it. That's the persuasion pitfall. All right, let's shift gears. And now it's time for listener email. Oh, boy. Because Kurt, I think of one of those, as you call cheesy salespeople. I had a prospect send me this link. And I'll put this link at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. And the title of this link or article is How to Deal with Annoying or Frustrating Salespeople. So to my anonymous friend here, I know it's hurtful. It's kind of funny for me to see that that one of your prospects actually was open enough to send this to you, that you were the annoying, frustrating, irritating salesperson. So I want to kind of go through these and help you understand these. Hey, it's great that they're honest because a lot of people just don't know. They're calling you out and say, yeah, you crossed the line. I know it was a good friend or what's going on, but they send it to you. But this is taking a different perspective on how prospects should deal with those pain in the rear, annoying, frustrating salespeople. And then I'll talk about, are you doing this and how should you counteract it? And they put it in a couple different categories. How do you deal with the annoying person in a store, door to door, over the phone? And they talked about that it's exhausting and frustrating to deal with salespeople who are too talkative. And listen to these words, too talkative, too forceful, or persistent. They use these manipulative tactics. And I'll add to that those transparent, old school, especially closing skills. Remember my motto, closing skills is like trying to get a kiss after a bad date. (laughs) When you get to the close, just let them close themselves. They should be closing themselves if you've done it the right way. And I think that's the challenge. They complain about persistence. Most people enjoy persistence. It's when you cross that line that you're a pain in the butt and it's not something they need or want. Now, when they need it and want it and they're busy and you're keeping in touch with them and you're working with them, I've had it many times in sales with people. So thanks for your persistence. Thanks for staying in touch. Thanks for keeping me going on this. They appreciate it when it's done in the right way. If you want more on that, you'll have to go to the archives that maximize your influence, but I want to put it out there. And realize that sales have changed. So if you look at the complaints, talkative, forceful, persistent, a lot of it is that, and especially in B2B sales, over 90% of the companies is done research in your company or product, or service, or yourself. Used to be in sales, you go from A to Z. This is our company. This is when we were founded. This is what we do. Here's our vision. No, if they've done research on you already, you have to start the sales process where they are in their mind. You might be starting at M. We've talked about that. So are you persistent? Are you a pain in the butt? And the big one there is, again, making sure they're interested. There's a what's in it for them. They trust you. You're not always reminding them or coming back with the same phone call, email, text, switch it up, different information. Have something valuable that you found, something different, not, 
Oh, I'm touching base, like we talked about before. Just want to see if there's any more information you need. No, have something new, unique, different, something to help them out. You're on their side. You're there to consult them and to make sure they make the right decision to solve their pain. So here's what they tell people to do to deal with those annoying, let's start with the door-to-door salespeople. Don't invite them inside. That would tell them that you're interested in the product. You have no obligation to open up your home, even if it's raining or cold. Then they say, open the door just enough to talk for a minute. Keep your hand on the door. Make clear that you are in charge of your house. So that's what they tell people. Now, people are doing that. Obviously, there's some trust issues. A lot of door-to-door people are trained to understand there's some reservation. And you might want to act like you don't even want to get in the house at first. You've got to establish rapport, trust, what's in it for them, a reason to talk to you. Do they even have the problem you're trying to solve? So you could kind of step back a little bit down two or three steps. They'll look less intimidating. They might even have their shoulder to you, which is less confrontational. So if you're doing this, start with an easy yes question. Not the cheesy, uh, do you live here? (laughs) Or maybe you want to start with the social validation. Hey, I was just talking to Fred, your neighbor. Yeah, they found a big rat and we're doing this extermination. That might be a good way to start. Or maybe start with an apology. Hey, I apologize to bother you, but you know, go from there. Now, what I've done in the past, when I'm busy, I'm like, hey, got 30 seconds to close me. What do you got? And I'll give them 30 seconds to go. And so you should have some in 30 seconds to be able to do that or, or just ask. 30 seconds, all I need. Is that okay? There's your yes. And you've got 30 seconds to find out if there is a fit. The next one is for no door use friendly but direct language. Make it clear you're not interested. State firmly and deliberately that you wish to be left alone. And they give you a script. Thanks for coming by, but I'm not interested in buying a new vacuum cleaner right now. Have a nice day. (laughs) Now, if someone's doing that to you, obviously, again, there's no connection. There's no trust. You're the stranger. Smile. Smile and retail increases sales 20%. Say something they're not expecting. Throws them off. They have to think about. That could be something you can do. Another good spot for a yes question. Have you been on your roof lately? Have you noticed this dangerous spider in your house? (laughs) We notice a cold wind through your windows and try to find something in common, a similarity. This is a good time to spark relationships, something in common, because right now you're just a mean stranger. They're trying to get rid of you. The next one is avoid inviting body language. They're all careful about eye contact. (laughs) And they know that even beggars know eye contact's the key, little eye contact. So make sure you get the eye contact, not 100%, because that means you're either angry or falling in love. And that's probably not good door to door. But again, they're telling people, close off your posture, watch your body language, have a stern, straight face. So they could do that. Don't let it get to you. You can smile like we talked about. And you can say, I get you're busy. I understand I'm an intrusion. I understand you can see me as a pest. Give me 30 seconds, whatever you need to do. Most people are going to open the door mean because that's what they've been taught to do. So you don't have to let that get to you. Next one is be prepared to interrupt. If they keep making that pitch, you have to butt in. Now, if you're in that situation, a lot of times, even on the phone or at the door, you inflect up. Because on the phone, hey, this is Kurt Mortensen with Advanced Influence. It's a question. They're like, the brain, you're supposed to answer the question, even though it was a statement. That can grab people's attention. So in that situation, you could say, please help me out. I'm not super polished. So they're not this super salesperson, less intimidating. Now, the next one they go into is the phone call. One of the ones they talk about is asking for their information. This came from a Seinfeld episode, if you watch Seinfeld. I love Seinfeld, where a telemarker called and Jerry Seinfeld, he's the star, says, 
hey, can I get your name and number? Can I call you back later? Like, oh, we don't do that. You don't like to be bothered at home? Now you know how I feel and hung up. (laughs) They say they do this in a way where you're acting interested. I'll call you later. Give me your name, number. This is a bad time. This is where you have to decide any type of sale. Is this a knee-jerk reaction? Is this a lie? Is this the truth? Hey, I need to think about it. Can I get your name and number? Great. What do you need to think about? Everything. Okay, lie. Well, this, this, and this. I want to compare you with this. Hey, need your name and number? Okay, I get it. I understand. Understand prices will double. Give them a reason to act or reason to listen. Or what I would do in any situation where they're turfing you like that or, or they're busy at this time, try to get permission. Great. Can I put you on the calendar, give you a call in two months to see where you're at, to get you the updated information? And that's going to tell you a lot. Continuing with the telephone salespeople, hang up as soon as you realize what it is without discussion. All right, so they just hang up. Not much you can do. Some salespeople, they train just to call back. Oh, we got disconnected. What's going on? Or you can prepare ahead of time. Hey, just need 30 seconds getting up front, just like door to door. Other one they talk about, speak up quickly. If you don't want to hang up without explanation, give one at once. As soon as you realize you're being called by a salesperson, state, I'm sorry, didn't accept cold calls. Thank you and goodbye. Do you really want to be calling back? Maybe you can send an email or text. Say, hey, we got disconnected. Maybe that's a tough one to get past. Or you start off, is this a bad time? Well, no. Then that gives you a little more space. Is this a bad time? Yes. Get permission to call back. Or even with that call waiting, you have a few seconds. All right, I'll give you a call in 30 minutes and see what they say. It might be true. Just because they teach people to do things doesn't mean that it's always true. Maybe they do speak another language. Maybe they do have another call coming in. Maybe they do need to think about it and get your information. Not a lot you could do with some of these. If they're in the wrong state, the wrong mood, the resistance up, you can slowly get them on the right page. And the funny thing is, these are the people that are probably easiest to sell because they have the most fear of being sold. That's why they read these articles and put up this front. What about someone in the store? That's the third one they talk about. They say, don't appear uncertain. Just walk right up to what you need. And then you know the options that you want. (laughs) Now, if you're the salesperson in the situation, ask a question they're not ready to answer. They're ready to answer, can I help you? So this is not a good time for a yes, no question. Get them thinking, see where they are. The second thing they tell them is, oh, I'm just looking around. Or the phrase is, no thanks, I'm good. You're supposed to still know you don't want to start a conversation. Again, if you're in the sales situation, specific questions, not a yes, no question. Hey, I can save you time and energy. I'm here to serve you. You might want to say, all right, let me give you a few minutes and I'll come back. See what they say. See where they rank. It's another one. Use unfriendly body language. You know, the middle finger, probably not. (laughs) No, it doesn't say that one. It doesn't phase you. You're there to help. You're there to serve them. They also teach you to say, I'm just shopping for another day. You're just looking, but you'll be coming back. Great. Let me make your next visit a little faster. Oh, I understand. All right, you agree with them. See where they really rank as far as their interest levels are concerned. I'm a big believer that these people that are doing this are the easiest to persuade and sell because they're putting up this barrier. I've noticed with successful people, they'll say, sell me, persuade me. They're open. They don't resist it. They want to know, how's this going to help me? How's this going to affect me? And of course, their last one is leave the store. Just run away. All right, not much you can do with that. I mean, you can fall in the parking lot for fun, but uh, probably not. So this is important to know for you can see this. They're training people to do this, to resist you in all aspects of persuasion, influence, and sales. Not to take it personally, roll with it, have fun with it. That's my mindset. This is a game. When you see these things, just smile, roll with it. It's like, I've got this. I can get through this. 
Just like when I give a seminar, someone sit in the front row, we're just starting off and they're just their arms folded and you're not going to persuade me on anything. All right, I'll take the challenge. You're going to be my best friend. We'll get this. We'll work through this. So be open and treat it like a game. Treat it like a competition. Test out different things. Try to adapt to their personality. That's what makes the biggest difference. So, hey, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. There you go. Yes, you are that annoying, frustrating, irritating person, especially when it's a different type of personality and you're not adapting or selling them or persuading them how they want to be persuaded. So work on your ability to read people, work on your presentation. In fact, giving away the freebie, go to presentationiq.com. 10 questions, see where you rank. It helps you with my research, helps you understand your strengths and weaknesses, and I'll give you my training on how to create the perfect persuasive presentation, the formula, the format, the system, the downloads, everything you need to craft, create, to prepare and deliver that charismatic presentation where you can persuade on command. What is the one thing you're doing that you're irritating people? Fix it, change it, adjust it, become a better salesperson, a better influencer, a better negotiator, and go out and persuade with power. (laughs) 